Today's episode of Down to Dunk is brought to you by Central Bank. Strong roots, endless possibilities isn't just a statement. It is Central Bank's past and future. It is their successes and challenges. It is more than 110 years of service that spans across 140 plus locations. Strong roots, endless possibilities. That means that they're here for you. Learn more at centralbank.net, member FDIC. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gildas Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Uh, it's me, Slam Through. On Frypod, we uh, can't get Luke to wake up at 9.52 a.m. Central Standard Time. But uh, we've got uh, Taylor. When your feeling ain't the same in your body. But you know, gotta let it go Cause the party ain't jumping like it used to Even though this my bruising burn Let it burn Gotta let it burn Deep down you know it's best for you Slam throw <laughs> uh, And we've got Jay It's Jay I It took Love me a minute to realize what song that was Sorry, I started in a lower Uh Lower register than I should have. <laughs> Call I just started. Uh, <laughs> you were fishing for the key. The sound and nobody don't want to. There you go. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so you doing okay? Everybody good? Yeah, we just talked for yeah. like twenty minutes before this, Jay. Yeah, doing pretty good. We're, oh, we're we gotta let people know. We're live on YouTube, oh. so if you once subscribed to our YouTube channel before, you can go check that out even afterwards and we're going to try to do these live going forward because it's just kind of fun that way uh so today we have two things on the agenda one is the we're going to do a redraft of the 2007 nba draft my favorite year of drafts just the best wow i can't wait to do a deep dive on ac law here in just a little bit Dude, what's funny that that's the one you brought up because I thought AC Law was going to be <laughs> so know. good. Big 12 guy, man. great at AM, man. <laughs> no, I thought he was really good. Uh, and then we are going to go over uh, the next two chapters in Boomtown. So if you are reading along with us, we'll cover those chapters. If you're not reading along with us yet, there's still time. There's still not really that much to read to catch up. So if you want to go check out the book... Uh, Boomtown by Sam Anderson. You can get it for five bucks on Kindle, which can also just be on your phone. So, but uh, okay, let's go into this draft. Let's first talk a little bit about the lottery and who was supposed to be picking where, because we're at a point right now where we don't know what teams are going to be picking where for the upcoming draft, and things can change drastically like they did for this draft. The first pick. If everything just stayed like it was supposed to, it was supposed to go to Memphis. They had the worst record that season, 22-60. and 60. Uh, The number two pick was supposed to go to the Boston Celtics, who were 24-58. and 58. The, Both those teams picked four and five. In a draft, mind you, that people are thinking is a generational-type draft. I mean, heading into this, and Greg Oden is without a doubt the guy. I mean, I listened to a ton of draft coverage from that, like watched YouTube videos and read a lot about it. And there was very, very little that didn't say Greg Oden's the guy. It's really easy in hindsight to just just bash that pick. But if you were a college, which I was still, this was before obviously the Thunder were here. And so I was still a college basketball fan. The national championship game was Greg Oden and Ohio State. Greg Oden and Mike Conley yep. versus the second year of the Florida Gators, which is Billy Donovan, Joe Kim Noah, Al Horford, and Corey Brewer. And so it was this huge matchup because Greg Oden was like all year people were like, this dude is the best in, yep. in, the, in, in the league. 
And he absolutely killed in that finals game. They lost to uh, Florida, but Greg Oden was incredible. And people were like, well, that's it. That makes sure, like, get guarantees that he's going to go first because he was that good yeah. in that finals. That whole tournament, he was fantastic, man. He He's an unbelievable talent. If he was able to stay healthy, you know, really was the question with Oden. And he just could not. Like uh, every big man, yeah. Right. Uh, but the Portland Trailblazers were set to get the seventh pick in the draft, and they jumped up to one. And Brandon Roy was representing them at the draft lottery. And all they did was talk to him about what it would be like to play with a big man like Greg Oden, which is just funny. Uh, and then the Sonics. Yeah, that's some foreshadowing to have Brandon Roy up there picking, huh? <laughs> no, it really was. I mean, talk about so Portland, like to be able to pivot the way Portland did after having some pretty severe bad luck. Greg Oden's injuries, Brandon Roy's injuries, mm-hmm. but then to be able to hit on Dame. Uh, who I, Dame? I mean, Dame was still highly lauded, but Dame was also wasn't he like a fourth? Didn't he go four years in college, or he was old when he He's came a out? Junior, I think. Yeah, yeah. And he was like so, the eighth and, pick in the draft, so I mean, no one thought he was going to be that. Yeah, and so, but just be able to hit on him, and then CJ, obviously, you mm-hmm. know, I think people were high on him, but it's a similar kind of situation that Dame was like for them to stay relevant in the midst of having these kind of bad picks. Not to mention Lamarcus Aldridge you know, in the midst of that thing too. So yeah. good job, Portland. Good job. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that they've stayed alive as long as they have until this season when they have a mellow and Hassan Whiteside down low. <laughs> and now, now they're probably it's crazy. A season does come back. Like Nurkic will be like, that's what's so crazy is all of these injuries. Like I know it's still a big if in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but there's so many of these injured guys that are going to get what, six to eight weeks of, extra recovery you know maybe more yeah. but then like all of you a sudden have, clay thompson you have to weigh that uh-huh. you have to weigh that against a little bit guys getting out of game shape and like what does right. that look like right yeah and who knows like we may not even have a basketball season which i don't want to think about that but yeah it's just real you know it's like yeah. there's going to be a whole bunch of guys that weren't ready to play that'll be ready to play if we come if it comes back in july or june mm-hmm mm-hmm which would be no. This is I'm not trying to to dwell on this, but you want to talk about something that would be incredible as if the what used to be the dog days of summer was just filled with NBA playoffs and basketball and It'd be amazing. Free agency is in the fall and then the draft. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't know how you, I don't even know how anyway. I don't know how you do most. Won't of happen until we have a vaccine. Sorry. Maybe not in front of fans, but it could definitely happen like on a basketball court. Yeah, you think so. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I of mean, talk as about it. as soon as a player, I know who was talking about this, but basically, as soon as there's a player that tests positive, though, even if you keep it in the bubble, it's over. Again, it yeah. I mean, there's a lot of layers to this, but it's not part of our podcast nor part of the 2007 draft. You brought it up. I had to dump on it. <laughs> so, anyways, it's the draft lottery night was pretty wild. Because the teams that thought they were going to be picking at the top of this draft uh, were not. I mean, the Grizzlies and the Celtics all season, kind of like the Warriors right now, are sitting there dreaming of, oh, we're going to get the number one or number two pick. This is going to be great. You get one of those two guys, you're set. Uh, And then Boston falls and Memphis falls. But, I mean, if you remember, the Boston Celtics falling gave way to... uh, their big three and a championship. So you have to, wow, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. So let's go into the draft. We're just going to go one by one. So so here's my question. Are we picking for that team? Like, not that we need to know like the details of what that team really was, but no, we're just going to go through and just pick, um, just the, the players best, best player available. And how far? And how far are we going? Uh, we can go through all sixty, because this draft gets real wild, pretty it, quick. Yeah, after like four picks, it gets pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I think that we can do as many as we can. Let's just let's just do go, it until we yeah, let's start go through like maybe players 20, 20 picks or something like that. Oh gosh, right? Okay, we can right. do that. Oh yeah, do there's twenty players in this for sure. Okay. Yeah, there's. 
20 guys that play basketball on this list. Oh. So let's go uh, Jay, Taylor, me. So we'll start with Jay. Yeah, perfect. First pick, Kevin Durant. Awesome. Out of University of Texas. Fantastic. Sounds wonderful. You yeah. want to go ahead and... Uh... He's going to play his whole career in Portland. He'll <laughs> stay in Portland the whole oh time. Oh, my God. Don't, don't worry, Blazers fans. <laughs> He's not going to look for greener pastures. He wouldn't nope. do that. I went and gave... No matter I, who you lose to in the Western Conference Finals. Right. Yeah, it won't matter. Uh, so I put these guys in tiers, and he's the only tier one player, which is pretty crazy because after this draft was over and even years beyond, it was like, okay, this draft is just... It has so many franchise-changing players in it, and it just turned out that there was only one. Yeah, people thought... I mean, all three of those Florida players, people thought... And they were all good-ish, but people definitely yeah. thought all three of them were going to be franchise-altering players. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tayshon, number two. This is The number two pick in this is way more interesting than you would think it would be. It is, and that's because the number two pick in this is Mark Gasol. Yeah. Who was the 48th pick overall in the second round. <laughs> yep. It's cra- that is so crazy, man. It really like, is. I'm looking at all their, their VORPs and win shares and stuff over their careers, how many games, points, whatever. And he's just so what a huge miss by everyone. Well, and what's think about this? So the Lakers drafted him 48th overall, and the reason the Lakers had that second run of championships is because of that draft pick. Mark Gasol was yeah, at the center yeah. of that draft that trade between Memphis and LA. But even then, people didn't. They were just throwing in. No, Kyle's people thought. Brother. Oh, man, dude, everybody was destroying Memphis and saying that Jerry West basically stole the trade, you know? Yeah. I mean, that happened, yeah, years after that. Because, I mean, Marcus Gasol was just Powell's chubby younger brother that went to high school in Memphis. You know? That's very true. That's who he was. And he transformed into one of the best basketball players in the country. That's true. I guess it's not fair for me to say it's a big miss because he was definitely one of those guys that became who he was. It wasn't like he was showing signs of that he could be the Marcus Hall that we know now. It took him a while. Yeah, it did. To get there. Yeah, but knowing now, obviously, like it does make sense that it would be like Oklahoma City with Marcus Hall. I'm mean, kind of tight. Yeah. Yeah. If you couldn't get Kevin Durant, obviously. I mean, if you couldn't get KD. So, <laughs> all right. The third pick uh, goes to me, and oh, boy. who you going pick? <laughs> you know, guys that are still on the board uh, of the. I'm picking between three: Horford, Conley, and Joe Kim Noah. I'll probably go Al Horford, number yeah. three, which is actually where he went to Atlanta. Where he went, number yeah. Three. Great job, Hawks. Good job. You did it correctly. Um, so this is same thing. So right now, if I'm Memphis. You're going to choose. I mean, I'll just stick with Mike Conley. Yeah. yeah. Mike Conley's been good. Uh, he was awesome for them. Yeah. He was the perfect guy. Like that kind of whole combo of guys in Memphis was just, it was a fun era for, if you're a Grizzlies fan, that was like the good old days, right? Mainly because mm-hmm. that's kind of their only days they've had, other yeah. than when Bryant Reeves was there in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> I love the days of Reeves. Big country. <laughs> What's crazy about that Memphis team when you think about it is that they were full of like late bloomer NBA talent. Like Zach Randolph was a guy that people just thought was kind of trash for a long time. Like bad, yeah. you know, good numbers on yeah, was it Portland, New York. I don't know if this, is and, that where he was? And, and the Clippers. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And, there, and he was kind of, he did re reemerge in Memphis. I mean, when he got passed from the Knicks to the Clippers, it was like, okay, we know where this dude's career is heading. We know exactly what it's going to be. And then he got to Memphis and it changed. There were like rumors about him, especially when he was in Portland, of like terrifyingly dangerous kind of that locker room, like maybe brought a machine gun into the locker room kind of conversations about him in Portland. Yeah, it was really weird stuff. And then Mike Conley, who was a late bloomer too. I mean, for years... It was like, are they really still? They're still going with Mike Conley? Oh, dude, yeah. When he got that first extension and people were like, what a horrible deal for the Grizzlies. <laughs> I know. The, <laughs> they took Hashim the beat in the draft when they could have had like Tyreek Evans or um, Steph Curry or any of these other guys because they believed in Mike Conley. 
and Memphis fans are were just going nuts at the time. They gave away Kyle Lowry because they believed in Mike Conley. But I Kyle mean, Lowry was kind of the same. He was a late like, bloomer as he well. Did, yeah, he yeah, didn't really become same. who he is until he got to Toronto. He was good in Houston, but he was a problem. Everybody thought he was a problem, you know, and then apparently he's not. He's very good. Yes. Uh, so it's a back. No, it's Mike Conley. So back to Taylor for four or five? For five. And I'm going to go with Joe Kim Noah. Mm-hmm. Somehow was like third MVP one year. He was all, He was so good for those He was those so good teams. that year. Yeah. I mean, that th- those Bulls teams, man, with that whole crew, they were really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like I was, you know, once again in the middle of this whole thing is just rewatching random highlights and there's all these like compilations of like the most clutch plays of all time and all of these different things. And if you remember one of the ones that, that I remember watching live, uh, the bulls were up two one in the series and LeBron hit that three in the corner to win the game for Cleveland. Do you remember that one and ended up saving the series and they ended up going on yes. and yeah, bulls lost. I mean, they were like th- that close to really, competing at least for a NBA finals. Yeah. Dude, it was crazy. I'm trying to see here. He was an all-star 2012 and then the 2013 season. And his, um, I mean, his stats are just crazy. And I just remember uh, one of those years, it was like, there was a point in the season where people were saying, Oh my God, is it really going to be between Blake Griffin and Joe Kim Noah for MVP this year? (laughs) Or like, is is one of them really going to like, maybe do it because you know that i think it was the same year chris paul was out so blake griffin was just balling too well and, uh, and, they were like the main assist men they were like the both the point guards on their teams yeah <laughs> didn't you did you all kim noah sign with the clippers like no recently i thought he did not recently but right before yeah the nba was postponed i think that's i think that's real yeah did he i believe he did yes that He's and that back, baby. and that Bulls team was supposed to be the next squad. I mean, people talk about the Thunder being disappointing, but when you have Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah and that team, everybody thought that was going to be the team. You know, yeah. that, that was going. It's to another be. one that's. I mean, you, Derrick Rose's knee changed the whole trajectory of that team. It did. I mean, they still had Luol Deng and Todd Gibson and Kirk Heinrich and Butler. Oh gosh, and Brad then Butler Miller. was a part of that team. Yeah, Jimmy Butler. Did you say Mike Miller? Not Mike Miller. Uh, Brad, Brad Miller. Brad Miller. <laughs> Dude, shout out to Brad oh, Miller. Oh, man. All right. Uh, okay. Next pick, the sixth pick in the draft. Uh, so we go on to tier three for me. So Kevin Durant's yeah. tier one, tier two, Marcus Saul, Al Horford, Mike Conley, Joe Kim Noah, which are like all star level players. You know, at least at some point in their career. And then you get to the next level, and it's like not all-star, but solid player that is a starter in the league. And <laughs> I think I'm going to take Thaddeus Young. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, This is the last player on this list that is still a... No, there's good, one more. A good basketball player? That's, That's still today a good basketball player? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's the last one that would start. Yes. Yes. You know, everybody else that's on this list is either not like, in the Yeah, they'll make a roster, but. Yeah. Or they're on yeah, a minimum you deal. So I'm glad I get to make this next pick. <laughs> so congratulations, Jay. You get the next um, pick. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the seventh pick, right? Yes. Okay. I probably will stick with, yeah, I'll just go with uh, Jeff Green. Oh, yeah. I just don't know. He had a, he had a, a, he's had a weird career. Very. Because he was, I mean, he was good for the Thunder. Yeah. He was not very good for Boston. And then he gets passed on to Memphis. And he was very okay there. Yeah, and then he just kind of bounced around from there. Now, where did he get his most money? In Boston? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Thunder did not want to give him an extension. Who knows why? I mean, <laughs> that's one of the un, that's one of those moves that you're like, hey, good job. 
Yeah, thank you, Sam. Nobody cares about that, but good job. <laughs> yeah. And then they got blasted because they traded Jeff Green to Boston, and he had apparently a known heart issue that mm-hmm. they did not disclose. Or I don't know, something in a physical ended up making it to where the Thunder had to give draft compensation. Is that real yeah, or just financial? Up, yeah, they had to give up a draft pick, second round pick. Wow. See, I totally forgot about that Jeff Green heart thing. I mean, now I remember the magazine yeah, he the whole cover. Season, didn't he? Yeah, and he has that huge scar down the front of his uh, chest. They, is, he had like open that's... heart surgery. You've seen the scar? I've seen no. it. <laughs> well, there, there's a picture on a magazine of him oh, with okay. the shirt yeah, off. Man, sure. You sure. read magazines? And his pants off, too. Yeah, what's a magazine? He was in Playgirl. <laughs> <laughs> Scars edition. Scars. <laughs> yeah. Men, uh, men who have been hurt. All right, you're up, Taylor, with pick eight. Okay, this here we the go. Charlotte Bobcats, so you got to take that into account and draft the worst possible player left. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and take a player that they drafted this year, but later on down the road, and it's Jared Dudley. Oh. Yeah, bro. Jared it's- Dudley, uh, 13 years in the league. You guys, you guys sleep on Jared Dudley. Yeah, yeah, I do still. Well, I mean, he's not good now. He was but five good, years though. ago. I mean, he that was guy was like okay. he was okay for yeah. like a couple years. Uh, he was he was a winning player on some winning teams, man. What Phoenix? Teams? Phoenix. He was Phoenix. great locker room guy for the Nets. <laughs> for the Nets. Yeah, man. Where did he play when he was the most successful? Phoenix, I don't even remember. Probably, probably with the Suns, but the, that's like, like post good Suns. Though you know, no, no, no. That, let's see. When he was playing with the Suns, that was 2010 11. Yeah, I think Nash was still there. Didn't yeah, he was. But I mean, that's. That but yeah, but those weren't the teams that were competing for championships. Yeah, yeah. He's a. He just talks a lot. I do yeah. like that part of him. Actually, I just he's a he. I mean, he's. I just. I don't know, but who you, I mean, there's nobody else that gets me fired up from the rest of this list, to be honest with you. Now it just goes kind of crazy. I mean, there's a couple in the same spot, but yeah. So let's see who's next. Andrew with the ninth pick, ninth pick the Chicago Bulls select uh, Wilson Chandler. Yeah. No, the dude could f- fill it up when he was in New York. He was on my fantasy team. The dude just blew up. He was like 30 points a night for like, Three straight weeks. Like he could really score. Uh, turns out he was not a, a winning basketball player, known loser, Wilson Chandler. Um, <laughs> but the dude could really score. He's one of those guys that, how many years did we go, man, if the Thunder could get Wilson Chandler? <laughs> it was probably five years. It was always these Nugget players, which is so funny because the Thunder always beat the Nuggets. Yeah. And we're like, we just want their players, though. Like, and another guy from this draft on that Nuggets team that the Thunder always wanted is Aaron Aflalo, which mm-hmm. he's not on my he's not next for me, but I mean, this is where it gets real wild, y'all. Yeah, Dude, gets, speaking yeah. of Aaron Aflalo, do you remember when um you remember when we were playing Denver and they were and all the Denver people were like, just wait until Aaron Aflalo comes yeah. back. You guys are screwed. <laughs> guys Even are that's the guy. Oklahoma. Even some of the Oklahoma uh even some of the Oklahoma riders were writing that, like, man, the Thunder are really lucky that Aaron Aflalo's not playing. Like, <laughs> that is okay. Hilarious. And then he came back, and the Thunder just trounced them with Aaron Aflalo. <laughs> Dude, was it was so weird that everyone felt that way about Aaron Aflalo. Why did weird. they feel that way? I mean, he never, I mean, he was good. Let's see if he goes here. Jay, you taking him? Yeah, I mean, he was, no, fi- actually- he was 15 points per game. I mean, he was a good player. And then in Orlando, he had that weird year in Orlando in 13-14 where he was 18 points per game, uh, three assists, three boards, shooting 42% from three, almost 46% from the field. And I know he's a good defensive player too, but it just seems so like overrated the whole time. Yeah, He was overrated and then he was underrated. He's more guilty or he's more caught up in the fact that he's like they all of that weight was put on him and it was just like that's probably a yeah. little bit much. So this is where 
it gets real unknown to me. And so I erred on the side of who like still is on an NBA team. Mm-hmm. That seems like a pretty safe thing to do. Longevity. And and so I'm going to go with, uh, and still playing. Like, um, So I'm going to go with Marco Bellinelli. Yeah. So that goes to Sacramento. That's a good which, pick. Didn't he play in Sacramento? Yeah. Yes. He was he was a part of the deal where they I can't remember who they traded, but they traded players away with draft picks so they could have the chance to uh, bring in Rondo and Bellinelli in free agency. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> I remember that one. Jeez. Oh. They were so desperate to put something around Boogie, man. So desperate. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, Bellinelli is the last of my tier three players. And then tier four is all the rest of the guys. And yep. some of these guys had like good careers. They're just not, they just didn't have long careers. Yeah, let's see. I'm trying to, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, there's only, there's one here that's on the, uh, that's on the line for me. And we'll see okay. when he goes. Well, I can't wait to hear who that is, Taylor. You're up with the 11th pick, the yep. Atlanta Hawks. With the 11th pick, the Atlanta Hawks will choose Nick Swaggy P. Young. <laughs> He's on the line for you? He's what? on the line, baby. He's wow. been in the NBA for like three years. years. In the league for 12 years. Career 37% uh, shooter from three. 83% from the line. Oh, man. That's the most He's got a career vorp. It's the most Taylor pick that we could have possibly done. He's got a Fantastic. career vorp of negative zero point eight. <laughs> so good, <laughs> dude. This so, man can so ball. Good. Y'all remember him? Uh, him and Javale on that Wizards team with John Wall, and oh, they would just like yeah. do the stupidest crap. But Nick Young, Nick Young had some spicy plays. Nick Young's a spicy player. That's yeah. why he's getting picked right here. He is a very spicy player. Speaking of guys who reinvented themselves, really, really surprised that JaVale McGee has become such a good <laughs> rotation player. Yeah, Because those on, Wizards teams were so laughable be, in large part because of JaVale McGee. When you're a role player, it's all about situation. Yeah. I it, Just recognizing that more and more of like, man, it makes sense why players don't want to go to certain teams. Yeah. I mean, no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, had... Had JaVale McGee played for like the Bulls and the Magic, he would be out of the league. Yep. I mean, he was close to that anyway before Golden yeah. State picked him back up. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Hmm. All right, with the 12th pick, the Philadelphia 76ers select... Tiago Splitter. <laughs> oh, no. It ain't, oh, no. wow. Uh, Is it center on a championship-level team? That's more the team than him. He was like he played. He legit- was good for one year. He was legitimately good for that year, though. <laughs> and not the same cannot be said for many guys left on this list. <laughs> Tiago Splitter. Like who else could have started for a championship level team that's left? Is my question. Man, who could- I don't. I mean, we still haven't even chosen Aaron Aflalo. That's true. We really haven't. I think Brandon. Dude, I think Brandon Wright could have been on that Spurs team and Brandon been just Wright. As productive. Brandon Wright was so bad. No, he wasn't. He was pretty good on he, for Dallas. I think he could have been in that Tiago splitter spot for the Spurs and done just as much. Disagree. Completely disagree. <laughs> Tiago started for them, right? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I like Tiago Splitter. I thought he was good. I didn't, but um, I can understand why he would be drafted at some point. So for 13th, the New Orleans Hornets slash Pelicans are going to take Aaron Aflalo. Wow. I've never taken Aaron that has double R and not double A. Out of UCLA. Speaking of other Aarons. Just kidding. Okay. Oh, okay. I know who you're looking at, boy. I'll go ahead and take him. Let's go Aaron Brooks with the next pick. Yeah, I actually almost took him at at that spot. He had one season. Listen to his stat line during this season. It's pretty Is this crazy. this in Houston? 
Yeah, this was 2009, 2010. He's 25 years old, coming into his own. 19.6 points per game, 5.3 assists, 2.6 rebounds per game, 39% from three on six attempts per game, 43% overall from the field. Unbelievable. Next year, 10 points per game. <laughs> and then it's some he stayed in the league for 10 years though he stayed in the league for a long time just never really got it back together but do you remember that year in the playoffs where yes. the rockets almost beat the lakers and it was because of aaron brooks and yao ming what's up was ron artest and shane batty were they both on that yes. team too yes that was a fun rockets team aaron brooks was the man on that team he was. Which is so strange. Yeah, 2008-2009. 16 points per game in the playoffs for Aaron Brooks. Who else? Wow. I'm going to look at that roster real quick. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this, is a, this is an impressive roster. Meta World Peace, Shane Battier, T-Mac. But T-Mac only played 35 games that year. Uh, Yao Ming, Rafer Alston, Luis Scola... Aaron Brooks. Rafer Alston. Wow, what a name from the past. Yeah. Holy moly. <laughs> Kyle Lowry coming off the bench. Yeah. Another guy from this draft, Carl Landry coming off the bench. Von Wafer playing 19 minutes per game. Carl Landry wow. was the guy that was always shocking that he scored as often as he did. Yeah. Because he, he felt like he was a five foot eleven power forward. <laughs> I know. And the dude <laughs> just true. scored. He was a he was a Thunder killer for a long time. Oh, like when he was on played, the Kings, he would score like twenty points a game. Yeah, when he was on the Kings, I felt like he scored. It was just giving us twenty five points. Oh yeah, yeah. Brent five Barry was on that team. Forward. So Brent Barry, Brent Barry was on that team, and uh, Chuck Hayes. Yep. Man. Chuck Hayes and Carl Landry, same energy. For real, I was like, aren't they this? Are they not the same person? I guess. <laughs> That team was fun. That team was legitimately fun. Uh, Yeah, that's hilarious to think about that. The 15th pick, the Detroit Pistons select. Uh, (laughs) He's run out of players. (laughs) (laughs) There's no more players in the draft. Sorry, guys. I'll take Rodney Stuckey. Yeah. I, literally, when I was really? I pulled his name up, I just thought Detroit thought he was going to be because they traded. That's when they traded Chauncey Billups, right? Because yeah. they thought Rodney Stuckey was the future of their team. Yep. I mean, Billups was kind of done at that point anyway. But yeah, he he was done. But still, Rodney Stuckey was not really the future of that that team. I mean, a little Aaron Brooksy, where he had like a few good years. Yeah, except for Aaron Brooks was like. Except for Rodney Stuckey was kind of the original. He was kind of a thick daddy. He was a thick daddy. People call well, him, <laughs> uh, people call him Young Fifty because he looks like Fifty huh. Cent. Oh, he looks like Fifty Cent's son. <laughs> he does. So he That's... averaged double digit points per game. Something that Aaron Brooks never did from two thousand eight, two thousand nine, through two thousand fourteen, fifteen. But those Detroit teams were not good. Uh, he when he was on the team with Billups and them, he was very helpful. Yeah, I'll say that he was like microwave. He was like just score. He's coming off the bench. Just go out there and score. Yeah, yeah. And his downfall is that he could not shoot threes. He's a career thirty percent from three on one point four attempts per game, yeah, and he he's, scored he's, sixteen points per game without shooting on threes. Twos. <laughs> he was tough though. Like I, he was tough with the ball. He was. Yeah. 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 He, I mean, he was a productive player at the time in the league where, for whatever reason, it didn't matter if you shot threes or not. It just didn't. As a guard, it didn't matter. Now, you have to. But back then, it didn't matter. Detroit had some uh, lineups where their backcourt was Rodney Stuckey and Will Bynum there for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those yes, two little did. guys just <laughs> running around with the ball, <laughs> yelling at people. It was good. Good times. All right, we're on to the 16th pick. The Washington Wizards are going to take, why not, Corey Brewer. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Corey Brewer. Let's see. Oh, man. Former Thunderman, Corey Brewer. Remember Corey Brewer coming in to save the Thunder's season? 
I do. I remember yeah. seeing him at Whole Foods. Corey Brewer was uh, picked seventh overall this year. I yeah. really like Corey Brewer, the person. He's great. Yeah. So it just made me like, I want pulled for him so hard, and he was fine. Like he wasn't. A, I. You can't. You can't really. He stabilized some things after Dre got hurt a little bit. Yeah. For that team, but yeah, he, did. he just is. He was. He's just flawed enough. Well, the team was flawed enough. Yeah. Yep. You know, he wasn't going to fix that. He's the backwards man. That year, he's a backwards <laughs> man. And I will always love Corey Brewer and always respect him forever, only based on that playoff series that the Houston Rockets beat the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And it was just from Corey Brewer and Josh Smith. I know. Like, the Clippers had some of the most embarrassing playoff. Every year, is. something terrible happened. Yeah, they did. I mean, legitimately. <laughs> Josh really Smith bad. and Corey Brewer were having, like, there were two closeout games, or mm-hmm. it was like game four or five. The Clippers were up, and Houston came back because of Corey Brewer and Josh Smith. They were scoring like 30. Do you know what Corey Brewer in the regular season averaged with the Thunder in 17-18? 10 points? He averaged 10 points per game. That's something that a Thunder shooting guard hasn't done since James Harden. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> and I guess this this year's team, obviously with Shea, but I mean, ten points per game. I mean, listen to his stat line. It's it is wild because he hasn't averaged before. Then he hadn't averaged double digits since he was in Houston in fourteen fifteen, and so he had bounced around like crazy. He played for yeah, he played for the Lakers and was just sitting on the bench for the Lakers and then got waived. Ten points per game, uh, two steals per game. <laughs> Uh, one assist, three boards, shot 34% from three, which is like another, his downfall as well. I mean, he averaged 28% from three for his career. I mean, he could just, (laughs) he could just never shoot it. Uh, he did average 13 points per game in his third season in Minnesota on 11 shots a game. (laughs) There's just it's the most his nickname being the drunken dribbler is just so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It he also it looks like his head is put on backwards on his body. <laughs> really does. He has such a strange spine. He does. Remember when Corey Brewer right. got hurt and everybody was so and everybody freaked out. <laughs> it was like one of the last games of the season he got hurt and everybody was like it was i think it was against houston was it not i mean he was really important for that team though he was which shows you how flawed that roster Just was odd, yeah oddly oddly important to, to to have a guy that came in and started for them it's like gosh Corey brewer's our savior but he was like oh man the whole thing changed oh god well that's why he was important because it was like who's gonna Who's going to handle this spot that's left by Dre? Who's going to guard people? Because we know it's not going to be Russ. And we know it's not about to be Houston. <laughs> no, it's not going about to be Houston. Uh, okay, who's up? I've lost track. Um, oh, gosh. I just drafted Brewer. So it's Taylor and the New Jersey Nets. Now the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and take uh, Carl Landry here. Carl Landry. Carl Landry was, when he was in the league, he was a pretty productive player there for a couple <clears throat> years yeah um yeah we already talked about him a little bit could score could rebound that's about it so in sacramento 2009 2010 he was 18 points per game six and a half rebounds per game shooting 52 percent from the field yeah he averaged double digit points for his whole career um i mean he was pretty he was pretty good solid guy solid yeah. guy the whole time yeah yeah just a known loser, but yeah, put up some stats. <laughs> Solid guy on bad teams. When you, when you go to Sacramento, that's just going to be who you are. <laughs> yeah. Carl right, so Christopher Landry. Andrew, you're with the 18th pick. Golden State Warriors select. God, I'm so embarrassed for you, Taylor, with this pick. Oh, no. Why? I cannot believe you. I am legitimately mad at you, and I'm about to kick you out of this Zoom chat. Spencer Hawes. Hey. Oh man, Spencer Hawks. How could you? How honestly, how could, could I? <laughs> how could I pick Carl Landry over Spencer? I don't Hawes? know. I I could not believe you did that. He had a longer career than Carl Landry. 
He's a modern big man shooting threes. I mean, Dude. this is, I feel embarrassed for you. I think he came out to be kind of a problematic person, though. <laughs> With his political views? You think that I don't know. I just know people don't like him now. So I'm like, he must have done something. <laughs> <laughs> the world, the narrative against Spencer Haas really turned. Yeah. It shifted because in Philly, oh, he was the man. He was good. Yeah. He in Philly he's he was good, he was good. Thirteen points per game in Philly, shooting almost forty percent from three on almost four attempts per game. God, you know, a summer league legend. Elite summer uh, elite yeah. not summer league, elite summer what are those games called? Pickup like, game. <laughs> no, yeah. like the Jamal Crawford game up in Seattle is the one that him and Hawes used to always just go and didn't tear up. what did you used to say that he scored how many fifty two points or something? He scored 52 points game. in the Jamal Crawford uh, charity <laughs> game. He used to talk about that all the time. <laughs> that was, was your best. line. Well, one year for Christmas, Jay gave me a present that was uh, Spencer Hawes. It was an inspirational picture of Spencer Hawes. <laughs> yeah. I still have it somewhere. I need to. I'm I, framed a picture, I framed a picture of Spencer Hawes and put that quote that Taylor used to always say, say on the picture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then you also that, said, like, you can do anything or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. It's very inspirational. That was what we used to do our Secret Santa. Now, what I did, I think I got that for Secret Santa. Yep. yep. It was and definitely for Andrew Secret got Santa. for me the, uh, the it, funny, 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 funny. One year for Secret Santa, Andrew Schleck gave me a Carmelo Anthony off brand Lego piece <laughs> and set. Because oh, he yeah. said, because I used to tout like, man, Mello, go get Mello. Mello's discontent. And Andrew got me that. And he goes, this is the closest Carmelo Anthony will ever be to Oklahoma City. Oh, so <laughs> true. I forgot about that. <laughs> I did. Oh, it's still so wild to me. It is, is still hilarious. It is still very weird to think about Carmelo Anthony playing in Oklahoma yeah, City. It really is. Yeah. Okay. So with the 19th pick, the Los Angeles Lakers, <laughs> I am taking. I don't want any of these guys. Um, actually, this is going to be a surprise. Did you know Anthony Tolliver was an undrafted free agent out of this draft? Ooh, wow, that's good. Known loser, Anthony Tolliver. Known loser, Anthony <laughs> Tolliver. Okay, so which one of these guys left is not a known loser? <laughs> Brandon Wright? No. Josh McBob? I've got McBob on my list. Um, Here, let's guy do this. Guy that won then. a title. So, guy that won a title. Played significant. Oh, you're minutes. gonna put Glenn Baby, Big Baby Davis. Yeah, dude. Oh he yeah, he's a, in there. He was here, a legit so, rotation. So for player. myself, I won't go Anthony Tolliver. What I'll do is just since he just belongs there anyway, we're gonna bring Ramon Sessions back on over to the Clippers or to the Lakers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man, he deserves to be there. Okay, Taylor, you got the Miami Heat's twentieth pick. Okay, this is the last pick. This is it? This is oh, it. my God. There's a lot of guys going to be mad at me on here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Guys, we're going to leave off the board. James on Curry, Oklahoma no. State legend. Played one game. Uh, didn't get any minutes. Um, let's see. Some <laughs> other guys we're going to leave off the board. I mean, who am I going to pick here? Glenn Davis or Josh McRobb? That's who's left. You have to decide. Oh, man. And, it's, and it is definitely you win or lose based on who you choose here. Yeah, Jason Smith, absolutely not on this board. Yeah. I hate Jason Smith. <laughs> you do. A, You've always disliked that guy. He's got a God, I hate killer Jason. widow's peak. Dude, the worst annoying white guy face ever. And there was like a year, oh, there were some bad annoying white guy faces that That's year. True. Didn't they all play on um, the Hornets? Hornets and Lakers because there was that guy from Duke. What's his name? That white mm-hmm. guy from Duke that played on the Lakers for a minute. He had such an ugly, annoying face. <laughs> anyway, I'll figure it out. Um, before I make this pick, I just quick correction. <laughs> Chris Spencer, Haas, Spencer Haas dropped 58 points at the Jamal Crawford Pro wow. in 2013. So, wow. Sorry, just wanted to clear that up. Thank you. Um, let's see. The pick I'm going to take is... Oh, my God. <laughs> I I uh, I now you know what it's like to be a GM Taylor. Hi. Yeah 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 yeah. 
They're both so fun. I'm going to go big baby. Yes, you did it. You won. You won the game. Uh, for these reasons only. Here are his nicknames on Basketball Reference. <laughs> big Baby, Large Infant, <laughs> and Uno Uno. <laughs> uno Uno? His number's 11. Oh. <laughs> Does anybody call him Uno Uno or Large Infant? I wish that he still played so that we could call him Large Infant. Man, and he was, do you remember when he went to Orlando and he was like the star of that Orlando team <laughs> for a year or two? Yeah, we play, played alongside Dwight for a minute. 15 points per game, seven boards, two assists for Big Baby in Orlando in 2012-13. 15 points remember, per game. One of the things that you, if you're a Thunder fan, you remember with Glenn, Big Baby, Uno, Uno, Large Infant, Davis is... He was the guy, and I just once again saw this recently, but in that Clippers game on the free throw that Blake missed, Glenn Big Baby Davis was the one that got the rebound. Yep. And because Serge didn't properly get him out of the way. So, yep. He was, I mean, he was good. He had some really good moments in the league for sure. He did. Yeah. He could box out anybody. That's why Serge couldn't get past him. Couldn't get past him. No, no. The man is so wide. He was the widest man. He's very wide. Wide uh, with a D. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he was he was a good player. Uh, um, okay. I, play. I wanted, I, yeah, go ahead. We're done, but I just want to shout out Josh McRoberts for that one year on Charlotte. Oh, yeah. When he was, like, good that year. And everyone's like, wait, is Josh McRoberts good? And like, then he was, the like, secret. all right, he on the, the heat. Yeah, he was the secret to their success. Never averaged double-digit points. Um. But that one year in Charlotte where everybody freaked out, eight points, four assists, four boards, it, he was the best player on the team. It was crazy. Crazy, man. Cause he Anybody was... else from that draft that we missed? No. Well, some some of my favorite guys that, uh, that we didn't discuss. Uh, Aaron Gray. Boo. Huge Aaron yeah. Gray guy out of Pitt. Just, just, a, just a big, big guy. Uh, Sun Yu, Sun Yu, the uh, Asian point guard that went to the Lakers. Really, I had a lot of belief in him at the time. Uh, and then, I, so I had the the worst picks in the draft, just based on where they were selected. Yi Jianlian, who went to the the Bucks, so much was uh, <laughs> there's so so much touting of Jianlian before that. Next Yao Ming. Man, Chad Ford loved him. Oh my gosh. I I listened to so many Chad Ford podcasts where he talked about Yi being the the next superstar of the league. Uh Corey Brewer is a, <laughs> it was just a bad pick for the Timberwolves and then AC Law who just ended up being just a not an NBA player. Uh the best picks in the draft uh Marcus All is easily the best pick in the draft but it was almost by accident cuz he wasn't this he wasn't who he was going to be at the time. Uh Tiago Splitter at 28 you get a starting center at 28 you're doing pretty well. Aaron Aflalo at 27 was good. And then Noah falling to 9 was almost like inexcusable at the yeah, time. Yeah and KD at 2. Kevin Durant at number 2. <laughs> and we didn't even mention Greg Oden. I mean Greg Oden I mean, let's. I want to look at his stats because he had when he could play, he played well, um, but it just wasn't much. Oh nine to fourteen. Uh, yeah, his only <clears throat> the most games he played was the oh eight oh nine. Yeah, he started thirty nine games. He played sixty one games. I mean, he just you know it just didn't have a lot of. He I mean, he shot fifty six percent, six sixty. Just you just can't. It's hard to take anything from it and make it. So it makes sense. Yeah. Oh nine ten. His per thirty six number: sixteen points, twelve boards, three and almost three and a half blocks a game. But Pretty he just good. But he just couldn't move. Couldn't move. You know, uh, Marco. Uh, sorry, Rudy Fernandez down here too. I mean, yeah. if he didn't go back to Spain so early in his career. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. The only, it says he only played four years in yeah. the NBA. It's true. It felt like it was he was. I guess it was just right in the middle of me paying attention to him playing all the time because it felt like he was all over the place. Yeah, he's a guy that we probably should have taken in the draft just because those four years like, he was valuable. His first year, 
in the league. He came in as a 23-year-old, but 10 points per game, two assists, two boards. Three shot, celebration all the time. Yep, shot 40% from three on five attempts per game. And yeah. he, was, he was a good player. And then he just was kind of underutilized and then went back to Spain. Yeah. Yeah, he played for the Nuggets. You guys remember Rudy Fernandez playing for the Nuggets for 31 games? Yup. I, I sure don't. Man, burned into my burned into my brain. <laughs> that was those Nuggets. He, oh, I can't remember which one of the iterations of the Nuggets he was on, but I just remember like the Nuggets early on in the Thunder history. Like that was the team. It felt like we always had big games against, and it oh, felt yeah. like forever. Mellow just killed killed the Thunder. He did. I mean, he killed everybody. He was one of the best scorers in the league. True. He was super duper good. Uh, okay, so the 2007 drafts, uh, kind of terrible. <laughs> when you there's like a lot of role players, one superstar, and you know a few, a few really good players. Like I don't does Marcus Saul make the Hall of Fame? Man, I, I tell you, this is the sport that I know. I don't really uh, follow the Hall of Fame argument or conversation much because it's just like i don't i don't know the criteria well enough on what yeah mark gasol so here's how i would evaluate it of the the 12 years that he's been in the nba is he one of the generational guys of that era not generational in the sense of Mm -hmm. like elite but is he one of the guys that you think of defines an era that he played in he made Three All Star games. I just don't. I don't. I don't know. He was a really good player. I just don't think he was an All Star or a sorry, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, it's like three All Star games. Put, champion. He is a champion. He's a champion. But what was he like? The fourth best guy on the team. That doesn't matter. Late in his it career. does. It does matter. He, defensive Player of the Year. Deep point. I'm not playing. I'm not doing this stuff that you just said. The defensive player of the year thing, I think, it holds some weight too. The all stars, the other things, yes, those matter. And that, I mean, if you're one of the two or three best guys on a team, the the championship level team, sure. You sounded like Stu got Taylor. Like all that matters is the championship. I got you, man. It does. I mean, it matters. Hall of Fame. So Javale McGee is better than Marcus Hall. (laughs) No, Marcus Hall is a Hall of Famer. I don't know that. I think that they're both champions, same tier. The starters do this thing called the Hall of Very Good. I think that there's lots of Hall of Very Good players in this draft. Yeah. I think Kevin Durant, obviously a Hall of Fame level player. I think Gasol, Horford, Conley, Noah are Hall of Very Good players. Yep. And then everybody I think else. I would agree with everybody you. else are just like, there's a lot of role players. I mean, Thad Young, Jeff Green, Wilson Chandler, <laughs> Bellinelli, Aaron Afalo, Rudy Fernandez, like all like role players that would be in the top eight for almost any team, you know, during their heyday. But just not a lot of game-changing guys. So we'll go over the next. We'll go over 2008 NBA draft next season. Or right next, now, next week. Yeah. I mean, next week. Yeah, next season. <laughs> next year. Oh, blur. <laughs> It'll feel like a year by the time we get there. Um, <laughs> in which this draft is it was a lot better than what people thought it would be. Too. Derrick Rose. Does Derrick Rose make the Hall of Fame? Tune in next week. No. Find out. Oh wow. Oh, sorry. I didn't know you were doing the the hang the cliffhanger. Is Joe Harris a Hall of Famer? Tune in next week. <laughs> we'll he, let you know definitively he went who's eighth, getting in the Hall of Fame. He went eighth in the draft. Should the Blazers? Joe Harris? Have, yeah. Of what draft? Not Joe Ele- not No, Joe o- Alexander. I'm sorry. Did I say <laughs> I Harris? Like, oh, I was like, Joe Harris is not that old. old is Joe Harris? No, 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 Joe Alexander. <laughs> Dang it. I I just intuitively... Joe Alexander from West Virginia. Holy moly. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, oh, that guy was so bad. Should the Thunder have taken Jared Bayless over Russell Westbrook? Tune in next week. Find Ooh, out. Jared, Jared Bayless going top 10 next, next week. That was my oh, guy. My uh, Brandon Rush. He was a lot of people's guys. He was Brandon Rush. Holy Brandon moly! Rush. Does Anthony Randolph still have potential? Tune in next week. Oh my God! Saddest face ever. <laughs> yeah, he does have a sad face. I thought literally you walked off after you said that. 
<laughs> hey, let's have a let's have a quick conversation. Here's what's cool is I've actually got a friend that's uh, purchasing Boomtown is going to read it to catch up on where we are. So nice. we are in the chapter Operation Bongo. Excuse me. No, we're starting before that, actually, in the chapter called Ewing, which is about the boomers. Yeah. Not like not like boomers like we talk about now, but like boomers, these people that <laughs> tried to um, populate the Oklahoma Territory, no man's land before the land runs in statehood. And so what'd you guys think? Anything same. from that chapter? I love the historical part of it. Yeah, and also same energy of boomers now, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I... It does feel similar. I thought that he would mention that uh, the David Payne, David Payne connection, that there's still a, <laughs> a relevant David Payne in Oklahoma. Yeah, so my question is, is, was Sam Anderson here before David Payne took over for Gary England? That's the question. But he was still relevant. Like, I knew. I mean, I'm just not quite the same stratosphere he is now. He was a storm chaser. He's a really good one. And a meteorologist with Gary England. The he was best. Not this level. The best. Well, he just didn't he talk was. to the right. I don't know. Val Caster, man. You, Val's kind of the legend of storm chasing. <laughs> I don't know. Pain is the man. Who's Pain Val is Caster? chaos, man. Is I know. Huh? Say that again. Is Val Caster from uh, Twister? Is that the main character's name? Yeah, I think so. It's a guy Bill Paxton played. Is <laughs> yeah. that Bill Pullman? Pullman. No. Paxton. John Paxton. Uh, no, it's B- Bill. Rest, he's also, he asked, okay, never mind. He's He passed away. I didn't know if he knew that. It was kind of a sudden oh thing. Oh, my so. God. We need no, to pause the okay. podcast. This was years ago. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, so as an Oklahoman, like, how do you feel about the history of Oklahoma where – Essentially, this land was promised forever <laughs> to, the, to the Native Americans. And then they're like, yeah, forever might be over now. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, not ideal. No, it's it feels weird, honestly. Because, I mean, as a kid learning about it, like, you're just so, like, you don't really understand it. You know, you don't quite, under, you don't grasp you know what really was going on and now you're like oh, this is this is kind of messed up i'm living on some messed up land right now yeah and it took until like three years ago for us to start thinking like is it weird that we're recreating the land run in uh elementary schools <laughs> you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah it was fun though. And, like I, dressing I fun. it was fun when we did it no <laughs> one thought it was like <laughs> super inappropriate people dressing up as like native americans and old people rode through anyway it took yeah. us a long time still happening boomtown still, still happening. happening they have a land run in my son's school yeah every year okay now i don't know if they dress up like native americans do you did you teach him did you teach him to scream as they're doing the land run this is my land <laughs> yeah i know it belongs to you but now it's mine i'm taking it I mean, it's, it is so wild. I think the I, I did like the story of the the guy. I mean, that's David Payne that that yeah basically snuck in and then like within a week created a town to try to show these people that we should just uh, hey, just leave us here. Like, look how cool this hey, is. I made this. Check it out. This is the town. <laughs> it snuck by. Wow. Okay, dude. This is our guy. <laughs> it's just the most American thing ever. It is. And I yeah. and I don't mean that to be like not I, I think being patriotic is also just accepting the reality of your country's history and what this is. And not necessarily being proud of it, but just acknowledging it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I guess. Yeah, and, and- <laughs> I think the That's other, all I'm the other saying. Thing. I'm not going. I'm not saying anything else. <laughs> One of the hard parts about all of it as well, and and Sam Anderson talks about this, is like Oklahoma really. And man, I'm going to speak out of ignorance, and I apologize if if you're listening to this and you're more into the Oklahoma history than I am. But you know, for the most part, a majority of the tribes that were here were actually they're not native to here. Majority right. of them 
were the result of the mini trail of tears, you know, trails of tears that Mm -hmm. went, um, that brought people that brought native Americans here. Um, it's just, it's such a wild thing to go back and to think about just how, how we've kind of just ignored it in some sense. And then any attempts to bring it back to the forefront of the conversation, you get labeled as like, let the past be in the past. Let the past be. (laughs) I didn't do that. I'm not responsible for them. Who cares? You know, like, it's like, well, we at least have to acknowledge that this is a part of who we are. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it, but I, like I said, I did mention this last week though. Like there is part of me that does, I think the, what could be a better, more authentic part of Oklahoma would be like tying more into that part of who we are. I mean, it's our name. Like it's the state of Oklahoma, you know? So anyway, I just, I found, I, I love history and I, there's just stuff that I'm learning about our state as well that I thought was really, really incredible. One of the important things for me also was, uh, when, when Payne and his crew came down out of Wichita into Oklahoma, uh, was on April 24th, 1880, which is my birthday. Wow. 102 years God, before I was old. born. 102 years before I was born. <laughs> no, I meant <laughs> my on birthday. my actual birthday. Um, trying to think of anything else. I loved not to move too much. Wait, that was the whole point you were making? Was that, that was that's it. your birthday? My birthday. <laughs> My birthday. My birthday. Whoa, whoa, it's um, coming up quick. Jay, 14 days. But then moving on to the next chapter, because that first that first chapter is a lot of history, and I mean, it's really good, but there's not anything I feel like it's worth kind of talking about. But you get to Operation Bongo, and it starts talking about the Seattle-Oklahoma City connection why Seattle was called what they were the supersonics uh, and how that's I crazy. And it just makes me want to reach out and talk to somebody that was around in Oklahoma city in the sixties when they did this. And so basically if, if you haven't read it, the story is uh, the city, the, the country wanted to be the, the leaders in supersonic flight. But if you know anything about supersonic flight, if you break the sound barrier, there's an enormous boom and it just sounds like thunder times 10. And so Boeing is out of Seattle. Um, and so when Seattle bought their team for $1.7 million or something, 1.75 uh, in 1966, they had this moment that they named them after what they were hoping to be supersonic flight. So there's a Seattle supersonics. Well, supersonic flight ended up being KO'd whenever they came and did this thing in Oklahoma called Operation Bongo, where they wanted to test for six months to see what the uh, <laughs> effects of supersonic flight would be on a city because it's just going to be loud. And so for six months, the city council allowed the at the Air Force Base supersonic flight over Oklahoma City. And I can only imagine how horrible that was. <laughs> Dude, it's just so funny. Like, I'm reading this. Uh, what they're asking the questions like if if we do supersonic flight will the booms start to drive everyone mad like insane will it just cause hysteria and so they said the only way to find out the u.s government decided was to test it (laughs) unleash sonic booms at regular intervals for an extended period of time on an actual american city and that was our city it says in 1964, when Oklahoma City was chosen to host the Sonic Boom experiment, the Chamber of Commerce actually threw a party to celebrate. <laughs> and within, like, immediately, people, as soon as it started, people just started just destroying them. Uh, Oklahomans were a stoic people predisposed to t- toughing things out. This made it all the more remarkable that during the first week of Operation Bongo, the citizens filed 655 official complaints. By the end of three weeks, such a clamor had been raised against the relentless booming that the Oklahoma City Council voted unanimously to ask the FAA to stop the experiment, but they didn't do it. They didn't stop it. They kept pushing and pushing and pushing for the entire six months, and at the end of it, it got completely banned. The supersonic flight died because of the way it landed in Oklahoma City, which was incredible. At and the, the, end, and the, the supersonics died because they landed in Oklahoma City. Woo! See, there you go. 1,253 booms. <laughs> this is such a wild thing, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. It's a, volu- it, a voluntary thing that was done. Yeah, because they thought that they could be in. One of the <laughs> things they said is that the 
the reason Oklahoma City did it is because they were going to be able to have a longer airway at Will Rogers and Stanley Draper, who was head of the city chamber of commerce, uh, really believed that the, which dude, I, I mean, I, it's obviously insane now in hindsight, but it's like, at least they were trying to do something to be cutting edge and be like, man, we can be the center place for Sonic, you know, supersonic <laughs> speed. And, and it's like, nope, instead you are a laughing stock. Um, <laughs> they're trying stuff. There. But then he talks about Seattle, and and so here's my question. So Taylor, this may be a little bit for you. Like Andrew, what are your supersonic memories? Like when you think about Seattle's basketball team, other than obviously them becoming the Thunder. Yeah. Um, I mean, he talks about how they had one run where they it was a magical run, but other than that, they were pretty much mediocre until yeah. the early to mid '90s. Yeah, I mean, I I mean the only recollection I have of the Sonics are with. Sean Kemp and Gary Payton and those teams. Deadlift Shrimp. Yeah, I mean, they were awesome. Those teams were really, really good. And then I remember like the Ray Allen, Rashard Lewis, like Luke Ridnour, Danny Fortson teams that were like, they kind of made some noise in the Western Conference. Um, but then they just became just garbage really fast. Um and then, you know, and a part of it is that, you know, they, they paid for um, the football stadium in Seattle. And the, and, and basically, baseball. And, and baseball. And the NBA was just, I mean, the NBA was basically telling them, like, these need to be publicly funded. You know? <laughs> and if you want, if you want to keep your team, like, these, you need to show us that you care enough and make these publicly funded. Or you need to have somebody that's really rich step forward. And everybody that was rich in Seattle was like, yeah, we've already done this. We've done this twice. Like, do we really need to do this again? And then David Stern was like, okay. <laughs> well, that. and they sold. And the game really changed when uh, they sold the, was that not Howard Schultz? Who am I thinking of? I don't know who used to, the guy who, Starbucks, whatever his name is. Howard Schultz. You're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah you're okay. Right. So he sold the team to this Oklahoma group of investors. And that's when everybody started to see the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I can, we'll get into this. I'm assuming more into the story and it's not something that we love to, to really talk about. But I think the hard part for me is like, it historically has kind of pit Oklahoma city versus Seattle in a lot of ways. And it's like, man, we don't like, ideally we both have teams that would be amazing. Um, and I think even Kevin Garnett, I think this week, which is wild, I don't know why he was the one that brought this up, but one of the things he talked about is how one of his dreams is to own a team and move it to Seattle or, or to, to have a franchise that gets started in Seattle. Because he, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and there were just interviews with him because of that. And he just yeah, but like talked. I mean, he talked. If you haven't read the interview he did with Sham Sharania yet, it's uh, very much worth the listen or the listen the the read on the athletic i mean seriously it's incredible the stuff that he says on there little part plug. of the athletic little plug little uh, plug i plug. like it guys i got to go okay let's well, go <laughs> i had a good time talking to you it was good uh hey, good to see you all both of y'all's moms are lottery picks in my book thanks for listening to our podcast you can follow our podcast on twitter at down to dunk. Make sure you give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to us. Hope you guys have a great day. Look for us on YouTube. See ya. Number one pick over all those loose moms. Okay, goodbye.